Sundays. I'm Tyler. And we are in the last days of difficult times. Lucky for us, Barry's here. Someone's going to scratch my itch. To tell us <laughs> and help us remain faithful to the things we've been taught in the Holy Scriptures. But before we testify forwards and backwards, now that they've finished slandering others and have no self-control, let's be wary of our favorite co-host, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good I'm so day. so glad that I said that in a way that you could record that. <laughs> yeah. Use it against me. Someone's going to scratch my Someone's itch. Someone's going to scratch my itch. Why did I sound so weird? Do I sound like that? Uh, you do. Guys. You sound just oh, like man. that. Hey, let's just remember. I am not infallible. <laughs> <laughs> that is important. For me to remember daily. I need to yep. put that like on a shirt. Oh man. When I walked into this room, Tyler, you were already yeah. excited about these sound clips. Yeah, man. I got, <laughs> got a new bank. <laughs> all from this one message. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. Yep. That's what I get. Can't, I can't all blow, blow it all right now. Guys, what is new? What is happening? Pigs. Pigs. <laughs> Let it all out, Barry. All right. You've been waiting for weeks. I know it's been a bit of a secret, but I, I mentioned it last week that this is happening, but we have now brought home five potbelly pigs and they are living in our barn and split hooves. Yeah. And they are incredible. They're amazing. <laughs> uh, so we've got, we've got Doris. Uh, she's, I don't know, a few years old and she's got her two babies. They're 10 month old beans and cornbread. We've got Maggie who we're probably going to rename darling. And then we've got our big boy, Marty. He's like five years old, six years old. And he's a, he's a, he's a hoss. So literally, I think, it's right? Literally a hoss. I don't know. Is that what, was there a hot? No, hoss is a cow. <laughs> so what? he's not a cow. He's a, know. never mind. What's I up? Uh, when most people get pigs, do they start with five? No, like there's no easing into pigs or I, look. We, we, here's what happened. So couldn't start with two or something. Well, they're social creatures and they're prey animals. So they like being together. They, they prefer being social and being with one another. Mm -hmm. But so we knew we'd get, I'm an emotional person. We knew we'd get at least two, but when we went to Oinking Acres to meet them, we had a couple that we wanted to check out, including beans and cornbread. When we were there, we had uh, we were in the pen. There were five of them. And Maggie came up to me and I started petting her on the head. Yeah. She just laid right down at my feet. And I was like, okay, that's adorable. And then, uh, Liv did the same thing. And she rolled over and started letting Liv like pet her on the belly. Someone's going to scratch my itch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it, and it was us. And then, and then Olivia, who actually the, the gal who runs oinking acres, she came up and she said, oh, she doesn't do that for everybody. Mm. Now we're wondering if she hey. said that because she definitely does do that for everybody, but yeah. it felt like she was choosing us. And so mm -hmm. we're like, all right, so we'll take Maggie and we'll adopt beans and cornbread, get three. And we're like, is that doable? Or would, you know, and they're like, well, ideally they'd all, they've been to, you know, together. These five have been together for so long. It'd be great if they could all go together. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So said, okay. Bring them on. I mean, how once you have three. Yeah. Yeah. How hard is it? To, what's two more? Two more dishes of pellets in the morning and the evening. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Pellets. What do they eat? Pellets, not uh, slop. When I no. was when I was at Winking Acres, <laughs> yeah. I was immediately handed a bag of carrots to right. feed all of the pigs. So, so they they eat pellets are the kind of like nutritionally complete. It's like kibble for a dog. Yeah, right? it's the whole. But they also eat fresh fruits and vegetables. Last night I chopped up a big pumpkin that Deb Bergman gave me from the Grace Garden. I think it might have been a little like not a pretty pumpkin, mm -hmm. and so but it's I, perfectly good. So, so I just chopped it up and gave it to him and they ate the entire thing. They just narfed it down. It was amazing. Pellets. 
pellets. Like bunnies eat pellets. Well, yeah, I know, but they're, but they're I would think a hog little pellets small. would have to be like big. Well, they're not hogs. Pot belly pig pellets. Wow, say that ten times. <laughs> Pot belly pig pellets. <laughs> Pot belly pig pellets. <laughs> I packed a no, not right. They All pack right. a punch. Uh, but like, like I had a ferret. Yeah, Tyler, you and I, we both had ferrets. Hey, I had a ferret. They are slightly bigger than ferret pellets. I just can't I don't believe know. rabbits an, and camels for an animal that large. They're living on pellets. Well, yeah, they don't. I don't know. I don't know. They eat two cups a day and then they eat fresh fruits and veg. Apparently how many pounds of fresh fruit and veg? I don't know. Like, are you guys running to the produce section? Not all no. day have long? you seen like, their house? Your house is currently a produce section, but winter is fast approaching. <laughs> it's true. We'll probably, yeah, we'll probably get a, a pretty big bill. And this is all the more reason for us to eventually build like a greenhouse and bigger gardens so that yeah. we can feed all our creatures <laughs> fresh stuff without having to spend money on it. But so why, why do why? I think pigs eat slop? Probably because that's it's like what a lot whatever of, leftovers we have, we're just yeah. taking it out to the pigs. Cause they're omnivores. So you can feed mm. them anything humans can eat. Mm. Um, so like people do that, but, but pellets it's just like they're honestly they're they're like a cross between a dog and a rabbit they're like prey animals Whoa. their behavior is a lot like rabbits like we're surprised at how much we know already mm -hmm. about how to interact with them mm. just from the rabbits um but they're also super intelligent some would say smarter than dogs some mm -hmm. would yeah. say as smart as dogs and they kind of you, you kind of treat them like that like literally i don't get how they did this they figured it out when we moved them into this big kind of, we built like a pen for them. Liv did most of the work, uh, built this big pen and there's like a little extra corner pen that we put there just in case we needed to isolate one of them or whatever. And they all determined, okay, that's the bathroom. And so they all go and they poop in that corner. Wow. So it's super easy to clean up and it's all just it's a family show. Corner. I'm they, sorry. They, they talked about it together. They're they, like, look guys. They're like, all right, this, we all know that corner, not this, that other not corner. Not this living area. That's going to yes. be the corner. So God rules. <laughs> God <laughs> rules indeed. And <laughs> <laughs> you are in rare form today. Oh man. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they're yeah. home and they're great and we're getting to know them. And to Friday on my day off, my big project is to build a doorway between the inside uh, portion of the barn where they are and the outside big pen where they'll have all their running around space and grass to eat and mud pits to make and all kinds of fun stuff. So mud pits to make, I guess in the summer that they, they do that because yeah. they can't sweat. So, yes. oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, so what is it? What, what, what are we at now? It's like 20, 15, 15 ado animals. adopted creatures plus wow. two foster rabbits at the moment and our four neighbors horses at our barn. So yeah, magical. Lots of creatures yeah. at Haven farm. If we, if we do end up calling it that. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah, we can't, we went by the other day and it's uh it's turning out quite nice. Like there's horses in the meadow. Yeah. There's pigs in the pen. Mhm. Mm Chickens are out wandering. <laughs> Chickens around. are wandering around, although the the one, the rooster has to be separated. Chester, we finally figured out the reason he hasn't had tail feathers for like a year and a half is because the girls keep pecking him out yeah. while they're still growing in. And mm -hmm. so we've isolated him and he hates it. Like he already hated me yeah. and now he blames me for the entire the imprisonment. So anyway, so yeah, it's uh, grown back and he's going to, he's going to look like a handsome young gentleman. But again. aren't they just going to pick it out again? Not once they're full grown. I don't think, <laughs> I think that it was just these little baby feathers. They would just peck at them because they were bored or whatever. <laughs> I guess we'll find it's out. A, uh, it's a, it's a real deal though. You go there and it's just like animal noises and. Oh yeah. 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 yeah those, the, 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 Rooster is it? The yeah, yeah. Like that, that happens not just in the morning no, it's at all breakfast day. time. 
It is round the clock. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to think of it as him kind of pounding his chest. He can't do that, of course, because right. it's feathers, but pounding his chest and saying like, I'm the, I'm amazing. And sometimes that, sometimes that's like, I'm feeling great. Yeah. I'm amazing. And sometimes it's like, <laughs> sometimes it's like, get out of my way. Uh, I'm, am- I'm amazing. And so either way he does yeah. it. Yeah. All day. all day. And then the all pigs, day. the pigs are making a lot of noise when they're hungry and, Yeah, and it's really cute. It's really great. So. I cannot wait to meet. Can you hear pigs. the pigs from the house? Not yet. I okay. haven't, I haven't heard them. I'm sure if they were really screaming, you could probably hear it. Yeah. But no, mostly okay. they're just, they're just grunting and snorting and being, being cute. Ugh. And cool. Maggie has this tiny little high pitched voice, which is very, very cute. How- Sorry, darling. <laughs> I, I, I didn't hear the story of the moment Cleo met the pigs. Has this happened yet? Yeah, we've introduced her. She was pretty freaked out, had her hackles oh, yeah. all the way up. And oh, she was like, what hackles. are these things? Yeah. That's like when the fur on the back of their neck stands up. Hackles. 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 <laughs> it's a thing. Look it up. Um, and so she was, and then she was barking a little bit. They were kind of freaked out. And then she's gone back a couple different times. And I think she's just like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, this is. Mm-hmm. Not a dog. I'm very concerned, but mom keeps going in there and petting them. So what's going on? So anyway, the horses though, (laughs) I don't think they've been back in the barn (laughs) since the pigs first got there because they were like freaking out. They were like running around like they weren't in the same space, but they like saw these pigs and they were like, what is this? And so they've been out in the field just like. freaked out. It's so funny. So, okay. I need, I need to bring, yeah, you got to go to the farm. Got to bring Maggie. (laughs) Mary, what's new with you? What's going on? Well, I'm one year older than I saw you last. Hey! Wow. <laughs> that took so long. Wow. <laughs> through the we menus. waited with bated breath for that yeah. one. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really good birthday. Yeah? Yeah. Did you do, what'd you do? Um, what'd you Friday, do Friday? Friday, I went for dinner with my family. Where'd you guys go? Why are you asking me <laughs> Where'd you guys go? Oh, it's so funny when I've already told you everything and you're asking me these questions. Um, no. So I, I love seafood Yeah, and I love trying new places. And probably mm-hmm. since the first, within the first month that I lived out here, people had told me about this place mm-hmm. called the Oceaneer. Yeah. And they're like, well, if you really want fresh seafood, that's where you need to go. This place called the Oceaneer. Okay. And so it was Friday at around five o'clock. And Don't Jen's act like, like you're a big shot. I didn't know about this place. Um, Friday was kind of a miracle in and of itself because my two high schoolers were supposed to go to the homecoming game. Um, But again, it was kind of a crazy week. My son had uh, actually gotten into a car accident. Oh, that's right. Earlier in the week. Um, And he's okay, but the car is not Not okay. okay. Yeah. Um, But he did have some uh, symptoms of whiplash. So he didn't get to march in the homecoming game. He was icing it and kind of laying low. So I had. He got to go out to a seafood restaurant with his mom uh, instead of homecoming. He loves seafood. Oh, all right. All right. So it this it was actually good- was pretty awesome. And then my daughter, since Jaden wasn't going to the game, then she just decided she wasn't going no. to the game. So I, I wasn't even supposed to have my family yeah. around me at all this weekend. Mm. And I ended up seizing the moment. The four of us are together. Yeah. This never happens. Love it. I've always heard about this place called the Oceaneer. Let's give it a try. I had no idea. That it was fancy and expensive. Oh, no yeah. clue. No clue. But um, it well, was You said cool. the words fresh seafood, which oh, makes me, we're in dear. Indiana, which makes me think. That yeah. Well, my daughter. Unless a private jet is like <laughs> flying in from the, this morning's catch. My daughter doesn't eat seafood. So ah. that helped bring the price down a little bit because she just ordered a plate of mashed potatoes. <laughs> so that, that was good. 
Yeah, but it was great. It was really great. What, was so uh, nice. what do you typically get at a seafood restaurant? Um, I get whatever sounds good and it can be, I mean, it, even though it was my birthday, I did not mm. go all out. I didn't go hog wild. You didn't go whole hog. See what I did mm. there. Uh. Um, <laughs> No, but like I love lobster, but I didn't order lobster because I'd have to like sell a kidney or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just got like a white fish and a white fish, some kind of white fish. I might've been haddock, I think, but oh. it was in like a caper lemon butter sauce. That's right. the part that matters. That's did all you, you guys, need to know. Did you guys know that lobster was once so plentiful that it was considered a, a lower class food? And so people would actually bury the the lobster shells Ugh. in their yard so that no one would know in their trash or whatever that Gone they were eating the lobster. Days. They're ashamed. Gone yeah. are the days. Yeah. Lobster is the most delicious thing on the face of the planet. It is very good. It is so good. So, so good. So that was Friday night. That was cool. Um, and then Saturday, Jaden marched in a competition. Desi went to the homecoming dance. How's I dance? I came here. Dance was great. She had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just we're, we're at that stage in our family where everyone's going in different directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really do seize the moment yeah. when there's any kind of moment for all of us to be together. All right. Yeah. But it was really great. It's good. Yeah. Good. All right. We what are. About you? What about you? Uh, let me think about me. Um, so I don't know. Same old. Um, <laughs> when was the last time you sang in the choir? Oh, I was in choir. <laughs> I, was, I was in the choir. Um, so we wrapped up our last week of the current sermon series, carry on. And we did a choir number. I've never done any choir <laughs> of any kind. I didn't ever. think so. Never. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a weird thing to be signed up for choir at grace. Cause they're like, we're going to have a rehearsal, but it's kind of optional and you can come and do whatever service you want. Well, I think I run choir. Well, there were rehearsals. Let's, 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 well, I didn't go to any of them. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> there were rehearsals and in the future there will be rehearsals, Okay, but I record vocal practice tracks yeah. for absolutely everyone. Like I do for the people on the weekend. Yeah. So you have something to practice That's with right. all week long. And I'd like to say like, you know what? If it's a hardship and you can't make it to rehearsal, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's okay. There's still yeah. room for you. I will support you in but, every way I but can. Tyler, he- Tyler heard rehearsal optional. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I couldn't make That's it. That's what Tyler heard. I couldn't but make it. I knew you'd learn your part. Yep. So I knew my part and uh, a bunch of 90s songs mm-hmm. and early 2000s. And yeah. you already knew most of those songs. Yeah. And the tenors had pretty much the lead on all the songs. Yeah. Like they had the melody. I just I walked right in fine. and sang. <laughs> um <laughs> What is it? Agnes, Agnes day. Nobody says it right. I think Agnes it's, day. I think it's, I think it's <laughs> on use day. On use. On use. On use. Probably one of my favorite songs of all time. Like right. worship, worship songs of all time. Thing. I keep yeah. telling Mary we need to bring it back. Well, we did. And it was great. So. <laughs> that was great. I, it's, it's interesting that all three of us hands down agree that that is an excellent song. Hmm. Yeah. And I think it's because it just so exalts the Lordship yeah. of That's our it. Lord. Yeah. So, it was a good experience. Um, the thing I wish would have been different is those masks. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, not, I don't know what they were. How long do I have to wear this mask? I don't know that there was a way to make them any better. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. I think those are probably as yeah, good, it's as, probably as, good as it's going to get. Otherwise everyone would be like singing like this the whole time. Yeah. And we could see your expressions. Yeah. And, and you could see like, <laughs> When you, it was like attached to your chin. Right. It gave you a little space. If you were, if you were, um, 
animated at all. <laughs> it would just bounce up and down on your face. Um, and also, if you've got a big nose like me, it's just bouncing right into your nose. Oh, that's uncomfortable. And oh, sm- smushing your yeah. face. I, I took it for a test drive when they first came in. I did all kinds of research on what masks work well for yeah. the performing arts. Um, as well, many, yeah, yeah, I mean, I it mean, worked. Theaters are opening back up. Performances yeah. are happening and they're wearing these clear, oh, they are. these clear plastic masks. Oh, okay. well, as long as other people are doing it, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but what I didn't realize until I tried one on and sang into it was one, how much it vibrates when you sing into yep. it. So that's super weird. Like your mm-hmm. chin is just tingling the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then two, how much it reflects the sound. Like yeah, right back, back in your face. Directly back into your ears, which actually is a great thing. Because it historically has been difficult in a room as large as the South Auditorium for the choir to hear themselves. Yeah. I couldn't tell if I needed to sing louder or softer. The answer is always louder, just louder. But <laughs> the louder I got, the the more it was like in my face. Especially yeah. on those songs. Yeah. Louder would have been just fine. But I was told nobody could hear the choir. <laughs> what? Because the mask, like the mask blocked all the- That's not no, true. No, that's right, not good. true. I heard, I heard the choir real well. No, in, all right, good. in the house you could hear it. What I heard is that like, if you were standing next to someone in the choir, yeah. you couldn't hear them. Because right. all you could hear was yourself oh, yeah. right. because of the power of the mask. That's yeah. what I heard. You'd have to like point your head down. <laughs> like the person who stood next to you told yeah. me I couldn't hear him at all because all I could hear was myself. Yeah, well, I, that's because I was mouthing. Quiet, I was mouthing probably. the words. I wasn't singing. I was just mouthing the words. <laughs> <laughs> you were just playing with the little chin, the yeah. chin mask. Well, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, was it great. was good. I, I loved that the choir was really a representation of who we are as a church. Yeah. It was um, just diverse in a lot of different ways and mm-hmm. everybody had fun. This green room was alive yeah. this weekend. It was Party. so much fun. Good. Yeah. And I, I said this before, I think setting up the the medley, but I legitimately during rehearsal, I immediately burst into tears hearing these songs because I haven't heard them for like at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was great. It was very yeah. nostalgic. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good weekend all around. Good job. Good job, guys. Cheers. Cheers to everybody. All right. So coffee. Here we go. We (laughs) wrapped up the sermon series, which is wrapping up the 30th anniversary of Grace Church um, called Carry On. That's right. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) four weeks, four weeks of this. Barry, uh, Barry's here because he gave the sermon and focusing co-host of the pod. Yep. Focusing primarily on uh, second Timothy chapter three and four. Yep. And so Barry, can you give us a rundown of the big idea? What you wanted anybody to, what you wanted everybody to walk away with or understand? Yeah. So there were kind of two sections to the sermon. The first section, the big idea was really just the Bible will guide us as we Mm -hmm. carry on. That's, that's the big idea. It's kind of an obvious big idea. Uh, I was talking a little bit about how Paul describes what Timothy's going to be facing, some of the yeah. thing, the the cultural things that are going on and the selfish times that he's living in. He, he calls them difficult days, mm-hmm. difficult times. And uh, so I talked a bit, a bit about that and he sets up the phrase that if you went to Bible school like me, you heard all the time that all scripture is inspired by God and mm-hmm. is useful for correcting and training and rebuking and what all that stuff. Um, so I talked about that and and tried to grasp a little bit of what Paul's, approach to scripture and how he understood scripture in light of these cultural realities. And yeah. that's where we got the idea that, that despite the challenging times, 
the Bible will guide us, mm-hmm. will guide Timothy and will guide us. And then second part of the message, I really, I wanted to kind of look a little bit farther into, into chapter four to talk about, okay, so when it comes to actually utilizing scripture, what are some things that we need to keep in mind? What did mm-hmm. Timothy need to keep in mind? Listen so, to what I say and believe it as true. No, that was, that's taken out of context. <laughs> literally. <Is> that, <laughs> Oh, oh man! Oh, literally, <laughs> it literally that the context of that is I would hate for you to just listen to listen me. to what I say and believe it as true. The amount of satisfaction on your I face right now, Tyler. I'm so happy! Oh gosh, you were holding your breath till that moment. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> In that section, I there were two, two things I took away. One of them is that it is important for us to be prepared or be persistent, uh, whether the time is favorable or not, which we can talk about. But Paul is basically saying to Timothy, look, it doesn't, the, the truth of the gospel is too important for you to just wait around to, to impress people or to dazzle them or yeah. to, to, to try to use clever tricks to, to wow them. It's, you got to just go there and you got to speak the truth now mm. and always. And we could talk about that. And the second part was, um, was be wary. And it was an encouragement that this is a time of people, uh, they, they're, they've got itching ears. They're listening for, for teachers who are going to tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. And so it's an encouragement to the whole church really to just be wary of who we're listening to and who we're letting, uh, mm-hmm. be our, our teachers and our influences. And, uh, I think it was important for Timothy's church to hear in Ephesus. And it's important for us to hear that as well. So, uh, yeah, we could talk about specifics of how yeah. I was thinking of applying those two things, but that was basically how okay. I described how to use the Bible as our guide. So starting in chapter three, Paul is warning Timothy that, you know, when the here we're in the last days or when the last days are here, here's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. It seems like a lot of the issues he, I mean, you talked about this. It seems like the, a lot of the issues he was running down uh, mm-hmm. is still plaguing us now. Right. Right. So as I'm following along with you, I'm like, yep, that's still an issue now. Then what does last days mean? What are we talking about? So uh, it's interesting because we think last days, sometimes depending on your church upbringing, you immediately go to like eschatology and you think like the end times and you think about like some future event, Mm -hmm. which the left behind book series Left behind all of that, which is, which is this present a part of it. <laughs> oh no, that was, the, that was present, not future. <laughs> but anyway, um, but one of the things I came across in my readings and, and this makes sense intuitively is when you look at how Paul and Peter in their letters and even in the gospels, how Jesus talked about the last days or the, 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 uh, the end times, mm-hmm. the day of the Lord, like all of them were talking about it as something that was either here now or, or beginning now. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus would say like, like the day of the Lord is, is upon us, like, Mm -hmm. or or the kingdom of God is at hand. It's Mm -hmm. here. Paul Mm -hmm. talked about it. It, that, that it began the day of the Lord and the, the, the last days began with the resurrection of Christ. And so it's, it's kind of this, I think, I think of it as Paul saying in a way like, Hey, when, you know, in, in the days to come, things are going to get really bad, but I don't think he's thinking of it as this like hyper future thing. Cause otherwise why would he be spending all his time telling Timothy how to respond to these things? He's saying, I I think he's kind of saying in the last days, this is what you can expect to see. And guess what? It's the last days. Like we're we're living or they're coming. I think so. Yeah. Yes. I tend to think so. And I don't, 
with the words last days, I think it's important not to think of it in terms of like, oh, there's a certain date when it's all going to blow up. I think of it more in terms of like, there were the days before, before Christ, when, when the world was in darkness. Mm-hmm. And now we are in this time between the coming of Christ mm-hmm. and the coming of new creation in mm-hmm. its fullness. Those are the last days in my, mm-hmm. in my understanding of it. And I think he's describing, this is what is going to happen in, in a world where Christ has revealed himself, but the world has not yet all bowed the knee yeah. to him. Okay. So I don't know. So I, I don't know if you guys no, have different opinions. No, that's of that, a but. great way of describing it. Cause I think the, there's a cynical way of looking at it of like, Oh, right. We're in the last days. Right. We're only a couple thousand years of, you know, right, right. I don't days. want that. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> everybody thinks they're, they're living in the very end of time. Right. And then it keeps happening and hundreds of years go by. And so it's like, who knows? I mean, humankind, the new creation might come in 200,000 years from now, but we don't know. But regardless, yeah. yeah, I would say we are living in, in some form the last days. Okay. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And I, it could be a, a future thing. I just think practically speaking, as Paul's talking to Timothy, mm-hmm. he's not describing like, Hey, 2000 years from now, yeah. people are going to be selfish. He's saying like, yeah, hey, this is a reality yeah. that you're going to have to face. Yeah. I mean, why else would he put that in there f- to a person? Right. All right. Uh, so then he urges Timothy again. We've talked about this past few weeks, basically like Timothy, you have, you have what you need, right? Which is knowledge and now scripture. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about old Testament right. primarily. Right. Um, and he tells Timothy in verse 16, that all scripture is inspired by God. And you said the Hebrew of that Greek or the Greek of that is mm-hmm. God breathed. Yes. So what does that mean? What does God breathed scripture mean? Uh, like I said in the message, God breathed uh, theonoustos in Greek is is a word that doesn't really exist anywhere else. It's pro- it possibly is a word that Paul just made up. Mm. Um, it's a compound word where he's taking the idea of God and the idea of spirit or or breath, and in its verb form, and he's putting them together, and he's saying that somehow all Scripture is is you, when you look at Scripture, you will see the spirit or the presence or the intentions of God. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say breathing through the pages. And so I, there's all kinds of um, different perspectives on practically speaking, how God inspired. There would some that would, that would tend to look at it as God basically grabbed the hand of the writers of the Bible and wrote for them. Mm-hmm. And there's others that would say, oh, they were inspired the way that like Mozart was inspired when he wrote a piece. And it's mm-hmm. very, it's not like barely godly at all. And Mm -hmm. there's a whole spectrum in between. I would, I would, and I think we at grace would say, um, the way we approach God inspiring scripture is in the sense of God's spirit is leading human authors to write in with their worldview and their perspective to, to accurately capture his Mm -hmm. character and intentions. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned in the message, all of what Paul sees in scripture is pointing to the person of Christ. He sees the whole story yep. from Genesis through Malachi or whatever would have been his last book of the Bible. Cause they were in different orders at different times. Sorry for the little <laughs> aside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but is, is he would have seen all of that storyline, all of the prophets and the Psalms and all of it would, was leading to the person of Christ. And so yeah. he sees it all as, as everything that Timothy would need mm-hmm. to, to help people understand God's ultimate self-revelation in Jesus. Okay. I have, I have some questions, some lava lamp questions. <laughs> okay. In Ezekiel 37. Okay. Yes. 
the bones rise. Yep. From God's breath. God's yeah. b- breathe, but yeah. God's breath. Right. Yeah. Um, that word in Hebrew, this is like one of my favorite sermons I've ever heard you talk about. Okay. That word in Hebrew is Ruah. Ruach. Ruach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, when we talked about it on this show, I was like, yeah, isn't that the same like breath that breathed life into Adam? So yes. the same spirit, the same breath. Yeah. Um, and is that the same spirit that rose from that in rose, Jesus? Yeah. And is that the same spirit that was breathed, not breathed, but is that the same spirit that we have within us? Yeah. Okay. So is there a difference? I know it's two different languages, but is it the same essence? Like, Ruach and Numa. And is it the same essence? Yes. Okay. It means both in both breath and spirit in both places and wind. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's all the same, that all of a sudden makes sense to me what they're talking about. Because if you think about Ezekiel 37, when the bones rise, it's like God is putting life into the, this in these inanimate things. Yeah. In these pages, God is putting life into these pages, which is why, like we can read it today and it mm-hmm. makes sense and it speaks to me different than, you know? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I don't know. I was, I was just thinking about that sermon from a long time ago, like in that word, because it's stuck with me since then. And as you're talking about God breathed scripture, I'm like, is it the same spirit that brings dead things to life that we're talking about with scripture. Pastor. Hey. Yeah. Pastor. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That was potentially my favorite moment I've ever had on this podcast. Oh, oh my word. Because it totally describes why we believe teach, God. Why we teach the Bible the way we teach the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. You were able to connect to the word you learned, what, two years ago? I yeah. don't know when we did that sermon series, mm-hmm. but that stuck with you. And the next time you saw the word breathed in the Bible. Yeah you were able to connect it to other places. That's exactly why Barry teaches the way that he teaches. Why it's working teach- guys. It is hey, working. That's amazing. Yeah. And the, yeah, if you want to get lava lampy, man, like it's so intriguing to think about how God constantly and almost ruthlessly chooses to interact with us incarnationally. Like he doesn't rarely, if ever in our human experience, and even rarely in the Bible, do we hear a, a voice from the heavens. It happens yeah. in scripture, but most of the time God's interactions with humans is incarnate. In other words, in it's involved through human experience and human individuals. And yeah. God's spirit speaks through humans with, with spiritual gifts in the new Testament. Uh, God shows up in the flesh in Jesus Christ. Like he incarnates. And I think scripture is a great example of it mm. because he incarnates his presence into human author's words. Mm-hmm. He, like you said, he brings to life. Mm-hmm. Like our, our poetry is essentially dead except for the spirit of God mm-hmm. breathing through it to become mm-hmm. scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, our as in humanities, yeah. mm-hmm. but like he breathes through it. He brings it to life. And mm-hmm. that's why we can go to these words. That's why I call them the words of life mm-hmm. because, because these, these texts, these ancient mm-hmm. texts, he calls them holy texts. That's literally what mm-hmm. he says when he, when it's translated holy scriptures, these texts were, were, uh, brought to life by the spirit of God and they continue to have life mm-hmm. long after the authors of death yeah. are dead. So, yeah, that, that, that snapped everything kind of in focus to me. Cause I've, I, I, I don't know what the difference between like authority and God breathed and 
that kind of stuff is when we talk about scripture. But when I started thinking about what he did to Adam, what he did to those bone dry bones, and then what he did to Jesus and then what he did to us. Yeah. And he's also doing it to scripture. That mm-hmm. makes sense. And mm-hmm. all creatures in Psalm one, one Oh four, as yeah. we talked about in mm-hmm. the creation care series. Yeah. He, yeah. Look it up. <laughs> um, okay. So scripture teaches us and equips us to do what we're here to do. You said, and yeah. so what can we do? And there's two things you said, be prepared mm-hmm. whether the time is favorable or not. Right. And I, I mentioned in the sermon, there is this, this rhetorical, um, idea, like if you're going to do rhetoric and you want to be a good debater in the mm-hmm. public square and you want to give good speeches, apparently one of the ways that they understood how to do that well is to stay silent mm-hmm. until the time was favorable. So you held back. And then when you did, it'd be like, could you imagine, imagine like an ancient debate. There's three people having a big philosophical debate and the whole yeah. town showed up. Cause it's like, Oh, this guy's visiting from Athens and it's going to be this great debate. And the guy from Athens is just sitting there. And these other two guys are talking, 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 and trying to, you know, beat their chest about how smart they are or whatever. And then finally the other guy from Athens is just like, but have you considered the Eagle or something like that? And everyone's <laughs> like, Oh, like, that's like, he waited for the favorable yeah. time. And, and funny. Paul is saying, don't do that. Timothy, mm-hmm. don't wait. Don't stay silent. Don't wait to wow your audience. Don't try to dazzle them. You just speak the truth. Mm. You just go there. And I, I, applied that to us and said, yeah. well, that's what we do. Like mm-hmm. we're not going to wait for more favorable times. We're not going to preach in a way that makes people feel great. And, and mm-hmm. like, we're going to go there, talk about the hard stuff. We're going to dig deep into scripture. That's just who we are. And this is why. So mm-hmm. the way I always took that scripture before this weekend was, and I learned it in the all hollowed new King James, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> But like to be, come on, man. So slow, so no, slow. Tyler. I, I have to wait till you actually say a Bible verse. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, fine. The way I learned it was to be ready in season and out of season. Mm-hmm. New King James. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Um, and I, and that to me meant like, okay, it isn't about you know, okay, I got my church hat on, right? So I'm ready. But it also needs to be about, hey, I'm at the gas station, and this mm-hmm. unexpected interaction just happened. Am I ready? Am I prepared? Right. Hey, I'm at the grocery store and, or my, my, my child just came downstairs and had a question. Am I prepared? Am I ready? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you would think that, you know, the in season times are when you're in the public square and you're having right. these discussions or when you're in church and the or out someone of season, comes up to you and says, would you explain to me the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, Oh, what a favorable time. Yes. yes. My, this is the moment I've been waiting for. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it's all those in between times, the, mm. the out of season times where, you know, we kind of, I, th- that, that takes me to, is it Ephesians talking about the belt of truth? Yeah. Um, Ephesians six to have it tied around your waist to basically always be prepared with the truth. Yeah. Always be ready to go. Your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. I think is something mm-hmm. like what it mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. So is it, should we always just go for it? Or is there a time where we should wait for a favorable, favorable time? Well, I don't know. I, he's speaking specifically to Timothy about teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> context is that the truth of Jesus is too important to, yeah. to wait. So I wonder, I don't think we need to be bashing people over the head with tracts. Yeah. yeah every, Cause that's what I'm every moment. That's the next step is like, but, but is there ever a time when we should not be living out or teaching mm-hmm. or speaking the truth of 
the hope that we have? I don't think the answer is yes. I think we, we, we should be living lives so redolent with the hope yeah. of Jesus that even if we're not speaking the words, the gospel is breathing out of us. I don't know. And I, so to me, that's, if I were to apply it to each of us individually, I think yeah. that's how I think about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I understand. It's like that you go to the, the mentality of like, oh, so we're supposed to be street preachers. So we're supposed to be yeah. on a box with a bullhorn. Yeah. But that's not, I don't think that's okay, what good. saying. I, I hope not because not there's nothing wrong with street preachers or whatever, but I've lived a large portion of my life with people telling me that uh, basically I feel like I'm saying something that's true and they tell me, so what, mm-hmm. uh, what, you know, what right does I give you? You need to wait until somebody invites you to speak truth to them yeah. versus me just barging in. Um, yeah. And I don't want to make it sound like, again, it's not, you're, you're not beating people over the head with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the nuance that's important. Yeah. It right. is wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. We're, we're not beating people over the head if we're harmless as doves. Right. But New it, King James. Oh but I do think like there is, <laughs> and this is something I, I've thought about, I've wrestled with, like there is a bit of a, a, a fear at times of even just talking about the, my faith or yeah. inviting people to know why I do things that I do. And I'm always like, oh, do I, do I bring that up? Do I not bring it up? Do I talk about it? It's mm-hmm. just like, I don't want to, I don't want to make it awkward. I don't want to make it mm-hmm. uncomfortable for them, but like, maybe I should be speaking. I'm learning to be more yeah. persistent or that's the other use yeah. of that word. Uh, you know, and, and not again, I don't want to bash people over the head, but, but it would be really cool for some people to know that some of the motivations for the things I do is because I, I found hope. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. How about the words right after that? Um, Again, I'm just reading from the app notes, preach the word of God, be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not, patiently Mm. correct, rebuke and encourage your people. Yeah. Not somebody else's people. Yeah. (laughs) Encourage Mm -hmm. your people with good teaching. And so I wonder like if each one of us tended to the people around us in that way, Mm -hmm. patiently correcting and yes, even rebuking but always encouraging, you know, Yeah. then I wouldn't have to. Yeah. No one needs to come and beat my child over the head because <laughs> mom is there patiently <laughs> correcting and yeah. rebuking. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, the second thing yeah. is be wary. Yeah. Have to be wary of people. And what and the, we text, read. the text doesn't say be wary. I, I drew that conclusion based on what he's saying about yeah. the itching ears. Mm. And we have to be looking out for people who want to tell us what we want to hear or confirmation bias. Yeah, be aware that that's just the reality. There are people who yeah. are wanting to tell us exactly what we want to hear. And if we're not wary, mm-hmm. then we are just going to, we're going to just gobble up any kind of information that comes our way because it tells us what we want to hear. And yeah. that, that's dangerous yeah. because that has nothing to do with whether it's true or, or useful or godly or anything. It like, there's a lot of knowledge out there Yeah, and it is not all breathed by God. Yeah. And 2021, I mean, that's more relevant yeah. than maybe anytime I've been or I've been more aware of it now than any other part, point right, in my life. Like right. people I know and love and care about, like we're going two separate ways in what mm-hmm. 
um, what we're listening to and confirmation bias and all these things. We're probably both doing it. Sure. (laughs) But um, you asked a great question to think about this. You asked when you, when you're listening to other people or watching other things or especially people who are trying to teach you the Bible. Yeah. uh, Ask the question, does this make me feel good or does this make me more like Christ? And I think that's a really good Mm -hmm. question. And I hadn't ever thought about that. I mean, I've been, I've been to, I've listened to church or religious podcasts or whatever, and they make me feel good. Mm -hmm. And, but I've never even thought, does this make me more like Christ? I think when I talk to, when I'm doing the things, like when I have conversations with other people about faith Mm -hmm. and about what I've learned, particularly like the books I read or the church services here or whatever, the things I'm, I'm saying to them, I feel are often things that make me more like Christ or something that it has nothing to do with um, making them feel good, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah. But how just, often are you thinking about that for the things that you're hearing? Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, when I'm, when I say like more like Christ in my mind, what I'm thinking is, does it make you more, uh, live out more self-giving love? Does it right. make you more compassionate? Does it make you more, um, does it make you more willing to forgive your enemies and love mm-hmm. your enemies? Mm-hmm. Cause that's, I didn't get into specifics, but so much of the stuff that we listen to that gets us all fired up, it makes us angrier. It yeah. makes us sometimes more hateful or more exclusionary of other people. And I just don't believe that's of God Yeah, because we've seen God's self-revelation in the person of Jesus and he loved his enemies mm-hmm. and he, he was compassionate and he hung out with sinners. And like, if, if what we're listening to is making us self-righteous or angry or hateful mm-hmm. towards any, anyone, it's probably not God breathed. Yeah. And it's interesting that Paul wasn't like, go get those people, go like put yeah. an end to it. Fashion a whip and <laughs> turn over the tables. That's yeah. In, that's in three weeks. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking. But he was like, just about that. you have what you need right here. It's scripture and everything you've ever been taught by your mother, your grandmother, yeah. and me. He never said go get those people and make them be quiet. Mm, you know, right. he was like, you no, have what you need. Patiently teach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It. And uh, and I, I I'll make reference to this. I don't know if you were going to ask about this, but like I also made a really clear point that I want people to be wary even of me and the yeah. other teachers on the teaching team, because, because I'm, I'm concerned. And as I said, in the message, I'm concerned at our, our kind of cultural tendency right now to elevate and deify our leaders. And yeah. just like we, we turn leaders into, into little mini demigods. And then we yeah. just take everything they say at face value. And i we love ourselves. We love money. Yeah, we do. And, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, what got into you this he was week? Clippy, man. What happened? <laughs> um, I, there's, there are many examples. My favorite part of the sound bites is <laughs> that it just throws us off. It, it throws you off. And Barry feels like he needs to respond to everyone. He's like, yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel Instead like you, just moving on. It's like you, you put so much time and effort into those. I can't yeah. just uh, <laughs> pretend they don't exist. Yeah. But uh, I just keep seeing story after story of 
some Christian leader or another, or some pastor or another having some massive fall from grace yeah. and the organization's mm-hmm. falling apart and the church breaks up and all that stuff happens because they got to the point where the leader was complete, the complete unquestioned authority with zero accountability. And, yeah. and I just don't ever, ever want that to happen in yeah. grace. And I would, I would say, I know it's, I know it's my dad, but my dad did a great job of making sure as much as possible that that wasn't the case here. Yeah. He shared his pulpit with other people. He didn't have to do that. He put, he helped uh shepherd like a, a leadership governance structure mm-hmm. where he was under the authority of the mm-hmm. governing board. And it wasn't just some puppet board that did what he told them to do. Yeah. I mean, I was there during knockdown drag outs where they mm-hmm. were having to, to work through stuff that they didn't agree with him and yeah. they would have to come to consensus. on. so that plus the fact that he, he began a succession process before he even needed to, like yeah. he could have been, he could still be preaching. He could still be going for another mm-hmm. 10 years, but he felt it was important to, to, so all for all of those things, I see that as his legacy. And I want to make sure we continue that mm-hmm. and never get to the point yeah. where people just take what we say and just believe it. Cause we said it, I want them to believe it because it's from the word of God and, <laughs> and they can trust that God's spirit breathed it. Yeah. We are just the vehicles to help them understand it and help them grasp it. How much of this do you feel is a response to things like, I mean, everybody I know at Grace or on Facebook or something, they're listening to that podcast about Mars Hill. The Christianity Mm -hmm. Today podcast. Yeah. The rise and and fall of Mars Hill. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know if we were allowed to like prop or like tell other people about other podcasts, but (laughs) here we are. Download this one first and then go download that one. But um how much of the, so people are talking about this, they're talking about uh, failed leadership and they're talking about um, celebrity culture within yeah. Christianity. And how, was that a factor at all in talking about this or was, was that not part of, I mean, not just that podcast, but like the thing your dad was talking about this past weekend, like the, the, the deconstruction, the deconstruction culture. Yeah. And was that a, was that a factor in talking about this at all? A hundred percent. It totally was. It's, I mean, I've been listening to that podcast yeah. well weekly or biweekly whenever it comes out and it half sickens me and half like fires me up Yeah, to, to sort of say, I know what we, what we can't do. Yeah. And I know what we want, what I want us to be. Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of a both, both and, um, yeah, the deconstruction side of things like that's a whole, honestly, if you wanted to understand how I think of my role, my meta role at grace for however long I'm, I'm lead pastor here, I think of finding the finding the road of reconstruction for the people of grace is why I'm here. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's going to look like. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have the answers, but I, I feel like that's why I'm called to be here. And so, yes, that's definitely in the back of my mind. And if we're going to walk the road of reconstruction, it can't come on the back of a charismatic leader. It has to come through an equipped and empowered community of Mm -hmm. people who know how to how to understand the word of God on their own. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be multiple people who can teach multiple people who have gifts to understand scripture. It cannot just be one guy or a couple people who happen to be uniquely gifted at firing people up from the pulpit. Mm. So that's absolutely in the back of my mind. Yeah. If we're going to reconstruct our mm-hmm. faith and if we're going to help people who maybe even they haven't even begun deconstruction, but they're looking around and thinking what is going on around here? Mm-hmm. Why is everybody leaving the church? Why is, why is there deacon? Why is there, why is there rubble everywhere? I want them to be able to make a, a move into the reconstruction without having to go through the, 
the disastrous and, and sometimes cataclysmic deconstruction that happens. So how do we shepherd this, this group of people through this? We've got three groups of people. We've got the people who've been kind of pretty content in the status quo who are starting to wonder, wait a second, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. We've got people in the rubble or on the way to the rubble of the deconstruction. And we've got people who don't even want anything to do with the church. Yeah. And all three of them have a, have, have a place in mm-hmm. the, in this journey of reconstruction as we, as we move, move closer to Christ and, and try to restore creation to what it's meant to be in the name of God. So all of those people, we, that's who we are called to lead and shepherd. And so I just want us to find that path. And this philosophy of approaching the word of God, the way that we do, I yeah. think is the key to that. Well, it, yeah, yeah it's, go ahead. it's Christ, the solid rock. That's what we, what we're built upon. You and I were talking earlier about in your younger years, when you were going through somewhat of a process of deconstruction, mm-hmm. but because you were built on so firm a foundation, yeah. you had something to reconstruct on. Yeah. I think the tragedy of the Mars Hill situation is there were so many people who built their house on the back of a charismatic leader, or right. they built their faith on that leader, but not mm. on Christ. Mm. Right. And that's what you're saying when you're saying to be wary of yourself or anyone on the teacher teaching team. It's not saying don't trust yeah, us. Yeah, you can't trust. Yeah, it's right. It's saying don't, build your faith right. on me as a leader yes. and what I say to you. It's that's why we always say, open your Bible. We'd love it if you had your Bible right. out in front of you, right. because we want you to build your own faith right. on the foundation. Right. I'm going to help. I'm going to, we're going to help put some scaffolding in place for you. We're going to help show you the right building materials, but you've got to build it onto the right foundation. If you build your foundation on me, that's not, that's Absolutely. not going to be it. So yeah, totally. That's, that's exactly how I look at it. So you ended up by saying, you know, you're sobered, yeah. but you're hopeful. Yeah. And is that kind of why you're hopeful? Is that this direction or this, this, uh, we are confident in what we have. We are ready. We are, or we have what we need, mm-hmm. um, to help people meet and see Jesus despite all the turmoil going on around us. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful a, because it's thankfully it's not up to us. It's up to the Holy spirit to, to uh, bring about the, the restoration that began at the resurrection. But, but I'm also hopeful because I think, and I'm not going to speak of it for any other churches. I I'm, I'm hopeful God is going to work in every church, but specifically at grace, I believe that he has equipped us uniquely to be able to begin this journey together. I think Mm -hmm. our, our biblical theology approach to scripture is exactly what the doctor ordered for the deconstruction around us, where we are drawing people not into legalism and uh, debating a bunch of facts, but drawing them into a story that, that to me seems exactly right Mm -hmm. for this time. If we're going to draw people into the story of Christ, like that's how we approach scripture. Um, I, I think we are, as a church, we've had lots of great experience with being intercultural and experiencing our worldview is, is broad. And, and I personally, as a leader, I've obviously spent lots of time in the developing world at like learning from church leaders of cultures way different than myself. And so I'm able to come into teaching and leading from a a different vantage point, which is, I think going to help us out. And I just think, I just think some of the things that we have always defined us, our compassion, our care, our care center, Mm -hmm. our, our love for, uh, you know, dignity and equality for all, including people with disabilities. Like those are the kinds of things, which are the right raw ingredients, Mm -hmm. I believe for, for what a reconstruction needs Mm -hmm. to, if we're going to be a church that, that 
reconstructs into what perhaps uh, has gone a bit astray over the last few decades or centuries. If we're going to reconstruct, then then reconstructing into things like being intergenerational and things, those are things that yeah. that maybe don't complete, come completely naturally to us, but we've already begun and we've got great a great foundation to start with. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm hopeful. We can do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So where do we go next? What's happening? So we're going to meet Jesus, hang out with him for a bit. <laughs> okay. Um, the next month, uh, we are going to be in a series called Moments with Jesus. I know there was a, a debate of calling it Precious Moments. Is that, is that true? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that did not happen. And I'm personally grateful. I think uh, I think that would have misled people. But Moments with Jesus, where we're going to look at five very unique moments in the ministry and life of Jesus that give us just different perspectives on who he is. And we're going to do something kind of cool. I don't know exactly how this will turn out, but we're, we're doing these little, uh, guided audio meditation or experiences where, Mm -hmm. where we will kind of put ourselves in the story of each individual moment. And, and as, but being in the story, like, what is it that we are experiencing knowing Jesus, meeting Jesus in that, in that moment, like with our shame, with our, uh, brokenness, with our, uh, humanness, like all these different things. What is it that that Jesus draws us into. Mm, so I think, cool. it, I think it's gonna be fun. And it, right. it's been a second since we've really just looked at the person of Christ. So I'm, I'm pumped about that. Good. All right. So we, uh, week one next week, huh? Are you That's preaching? Right. I am. Yeah. We're going to look at the calling of Matthew. All right. Great. I think we covered it here. I think we're good. I think, I think we're, we're good. good. Happy right. 30th uh, anniversary. Yeah. Happy Grace 30th. Church. Happy 30th birthday, Marin. <laughs> <laughs> he is in rare form. <laughs> you send us out. <laughs> Do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 